Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibos. This is the Amiibos Podcast. Welcome to another week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I am your host, Damon, the older brother of Jared Mann and Jeremy. Fellas, how we feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. I'm still trying to figure out why on every uh, start of the podcast you say Damon like you Stefan as opposed to St- uh, Steve Urkel. So let me get, let me get that um, off. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, just, my, I'm just saying. My name you know? pronounced from this song. Hey, you know go what ahead. Did he change ahead. his name? I might change on, mine, You know, you know? That's, that's what's going on. Hey, so uh, I'm feeling good. Feeling uh, feeling as good as, as Duke did as, a, as the ball rolled off the rim on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, so I'm, I'm feeling real good. Got a uh, you know, got to hit some golf balls as you guys heard earlier. I beat Jeremy in the first round. They dominated me in the second one, but it's okay. I'm gonna go with the first round. Anyway, yeah, we got fifty. You know, we go, we go five hundred. We get, you know, we go fifty. Fifty. You know, you know, you know. So uh, I'm feeling good, if man. Y'all could, if the listeners could only uh, <laughs> see Jeremy's face right now. <laughs> Jeremy's uh, involuntarily doing the duck face. So let, so let me let me inform the listeners about what happens on on the golf course. Um, we recently came off of a golf trip in Kiowa Island. Shout out to uh, all the folks down there. It showed us tremendous hospitality. But anyway, uh, Jeremy likes to kind of sneak up on you and let you know with like two holes left that he's up on you one or two strokes if you kind of that did not you know, happen to Kiowa. In. You packed it in. It, I'm pretty sure that happened at Turtle Point. But anyway, I, I, I feel no. proud that, that Jared pulled the same move on Jeremy this weekend. <laughs> I, I got I got you with that at Springfield. Oh, Kiwa, I was up I was up all the rounds. Yeah, oh, Osprey Jeremy shot seventy nine. He was kind of that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I feel like it was that last round. But anyway, we got a lot of topics to get into, fellas. Um, first, obviously the the big news. My one of my favorite favorite uh, times of the year is the. Uh, NCAA March Madness, the first week, all the games going on. <clears throat> Obviously, a lot of excitement, a lot of great games, a lot of great finishes. What did you guys think about the first uh, the first weekend of the of, of the March Madness? So I'll kick it off. Um, there's a couple takeaways I had. Uh, first takeaway: John Morant should seriously be considered for the number one pick in the draft. He shouldn't go number one, but like he, they people should look at him. He's that good. And that's nothing against Zion. Zion's unbelievable. I would definitely take Zion number one. But John Morant might be better in the league because I still don't know what position Zion's going to play. Is he going to be small forward? Is he going to measure out at 6'6", or is he going to measure out at 6'8"? Is he going to play power forward? Like I, I don't know what his position is. John Morant is Westbrook would, with, with better decision-making and a jump shot. He is. I would love to have him in Atlanta. So I think that's oh, a yeah. great problem. You know, if we If Atlanta can't squeak in that first spot, I don't think we are right now um, because obviously we're still trying to play like we're going to the playoffs. But, but you know, it, you know, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all lottery. So we, you, it's you all lottery. Know. But, you know, if we could get in there and, and, and in the two spot and get Jay Morant, you know, worst case scenario. He's going to be a point guard. Ja. Probably, like, I don't know why we call him Jay. Yeah. Uh, ja Morant. You know, you know what? Uh, it really doesn't matter what you guys are getting. We all know Zion's coming to the Queen City. Uh, Michael Jordan's about to pull some strings. It's gonna so, be Kimba. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Zion, and it's gonna be magnificent. I that would be one. great. That would be great for the city, though. I, I would tell you, here, here, he's too big for Charlotte. Like, I, no disrespect to he Charlotte. Is. I grew up in Fort Mill. It'd be like, like Larry Johnson could only get to a certain level in Charlotte. Like. And Grandma Ma, if Grandma Ma was was on the Lakers, like he, I don't know, he wouldn't be working front yeah, office for the Knicks uh, right now. Cam Newton was on Cam Newton was on every Oculus commercial and every the NBA the league. Like, can you imagine if if Cam Newton had that same season in L.A. Yeah, like, like um, or like, like a big market, the, like or like Green Bay, oh, Jerry, or like Jerry, Atlanta. Or, or I put this in perspective, but 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 the Charlotte fans are way more. Real. Reliable than Atlanta fans, like you guys don't support. But, like, look at yeah, the look at the Falcons game, dude. Our Falcons like, game, our Falcons fans are way <laughs> crazier than 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 we are. I keep pounding, keep keep pounding fans. I'm a, I'm a keep pounder, but uh, well, no, no, you think the Falcons call, fans are crazier? Call, yeah, I, yeah huh? I mean, I'm around these guys, man. No. They, they, people, uh, I mean, no, most people got tats of uh, Falcons. Uh, 
but they can't pack out the stadium. But the the Panthers have like, I think they're still leading the league in the most consecutive sellouts. Like they're literally the Panthers can be terrible and they're still going to sell out the stadium. If the Falcons are terrible, they can't sell out as much as the Atlanta United. Well, what this is what I will say. Um, Atlanta United put more stands than all the all the NFL teams. I know. Um, (laughs) You can say about Cam and Cam definitely, you know. Was on a lot of commercials, but I'll give you the example of OBJ. OBJ, I mean, you can make the argument he's been the best receiver in the league for a time, but he—I don't think he's been the best receiver in the league for. I mean, unless you want to consider maybe his first two years that that stretch. I mean, th- he hasn't been that. But Odell Beckham Jr. gets so much publicity, so much Twitter followers, so much shine because he played in the, in the New York market, as opposed to even. I mean, look at DeAndre Hopkins in Houston, which is a big market. DeAndre Hopkins has put up better numbers than him for the past. You know, three seasons. But it's not about numbers; it's about personality. It's not. It, it, it's right. I mean, nobody. It's not a lot of guys that are better than Kawhi Leonard, but Kawhi Leonard doesn't have a personality, so he doesn't right. tell. So the same way though that that if you have that personality like Zion does, as far as being box office, I mean, I can't see him Buzz City. Uh, that would give me a Buzz well, but, killer. But anyway, but didn't, didn't your, wait, wait, didn't your, <laughs> didn't, you, didn't your boy uh, just? Play in Cleveland? He's from playing Cleveland, right? LeBron did, yes. Is it too big? Yes. Okay. Um, so what is that's a great point. What's about what's about forty five minutes from Zion's home? Spartburg, South oh, Carolina. Yeah. Sparkle City. That's, that's pretty that's about forty five minutes from Charlotte. It's a lot like oh. LeBron going to Cleveland. <laughs> I, I would I would agree in one sense, right? I, I think that is it is close. I think it'd be good for him to be close to family. He plays at Duke, which is in North Carolina anyway. But I don't think it's from that standpoint. I think the difference is when you're looking at Charlotte, I I, I just don't see it. I I I, I just don't. And may, like, look, maybe it's because I'm I'm rooting for him to be in Atlanta, so I can see him 41 games out of the year. But you know, hey, that's what I'm thinking. Anyway, going back to the NCAA tournament, we kind of got off track. So my first takeaway was John Moran is a monster. Um, I mean, his first game, he dominated the game, taking nine shots. He was five of nine from the field for 17 points and. 16 assists and 11 rebounds. First triple-double from a guard in college in, a, in the, the March Madness since Dwayne Wade's in 03. I mean, that's Crazy. ridiculous. Crazy. Um, even the second game, he shot the ball extremely well. His team played terribly. Um, he, didn't, he, he didn't score well from the paint. He was 3-15 for 15 in the paint because basically everybody just packed the paint, forced him to shoot, and were like, hey, look, nobody else can make a shot. He hit like six of 11 threes, I believe it was, but just struggled in the paint with all the, the the length of Florida State. But so my first takeaway is John Morant's a monster. Second takeaway, there's really three conferences in college basketball this year. It's the ACC, then it's the Big Ten, then it's the SEC. They all performed really well. Um, Pac-12 did not do well at all besides Oregon, who I picked to go to the Sweet 16. Third takeaway. I'm impressed with the SEC. I, I agree with that. They've They've uh, definitely improved just overall quality of the teams. They're right. I mean, you got LSU, coaching. you got Auburn, you got Tennessee, you got Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, all in the in the Sweet Sixteen. The third, the the yeah, my third that's strong, Even though uh, there's a team from from Durham that stomped out Auburn earlier this year, I'm not gonna call it any names, but continue. Uh, I was gonna say, um, I, I I thought y'all won that game <laughs> by like eight or something. You guys didn't stomp. Y'all them definitely out. didn't stomp them out. Yeah, it was definitely. Oh no, we stomped them out. out. No, I, I, de- I definitely think that was like an eight-point game. It was it was a close game. Um, but anyway, um, I think the, the, the other thing I'm going to take away from it is – you guys won by six. You guys won 78 to 72. It was not a stomp out. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, the the last takeaway I'll have from it is – It felt like a stomp out. <laughs> my, uh, you said what? said it felt like a stomp out. I guess you did, huh? Uh, the last thing I'll take away from it is this. I was right. My brackets feel great. I was 15 out of 16 of the Sweet 16 teams in there. Only one I missed was Villanova, and that was because Carson, whatever his name was, hit nine three-pointers and scored 42 points, and it basically was like, okay, I guess this isn't going to be your day. Um, But, you know, 15 out of 16 is correct. Uh, We'll get a little bit into how lucky Duke was, but overall I thought those were my takeaways. My bracket was great. Um, John Moran is a monster, and there's really three conferences in the NCAA tournament. Jeremy, what did you think about the first week of March Madness? First week told me what I already knew. I always had wondered, what would it be like with this college basketball rule when there was a LeBron, when there was a 
transformational talent that's so physically gifted. They, they should not be playing a college basketball, and they're forced to play a year of college basketball. That is what we're seeing with Zion. Jared said, what position is Zion going to play? He's going to play whatever position you want to put him at. If you want to put him at the small forward, I mean, think about it. He's a bigger, more athletic Draymond. Like, that's, I mean, he, he could do everything that Draymond could do right now. Paul Pierce said it this week. Zion is already a top 50 basketball player in the world. Um, and I think that's 100% true. Zion can step on an NBA floor right now and probably average 20 and 10. No question. For sure. And also be a great defender. So you're seeing Zion take off. Um, you're seeing people dare Trey Jones to shoot. Trey Jones, if you're listening, go back to school. Like, you, you're you not ready for the league. If, if, if they can leave you wide open to shoot threes and you go one of eight, go back to school. Um, other than that, Duke, Duke played Central Florida. I don't think Duke played that bad. Central Florida really played the game in their lives. I mean, I got to give a shout-out to Johnny Dawkins. I'm going to assume that he's going to be the guy to take over for Coach K when he retires. But, I mean, Johnny Dawkins' son, Aubrey, was knocking down pretty much every shot he took. I mean, the entire team got hot. You got the seven foot six guy with an eight foot four wingspan uh, standing under the rim, which obviously deters a lot of shots and stops our rebounding, which Duke is the number one rebounding team in the country and likes to score inside. So it was a a, a tough matchup for Duke, but they got through. Um, and overall, what I've seen from the tournament is, like Jared said, John Moran is good. My bracket isn't as good as Jared so far. Twelve oh, out of sixteen, sweet sixteens. Uh, but I will say this. I still have all elite eight teams in the mix. So if my teams continue to win, I would leapfrog you all like you we're playing. I don't know. Leapfrog. I was oh, trying okay. to think about what leapfrog something, but okay. no. Jay, what do you think about uh, – Yeah. I'm about to I was going to say the actual words. In the <laughs> <laughs> Jerry, what do you think about that UFC – not UFC, UCF and uh, Duke game? You feel like um, – man, what, <laughs> that was the funniest uh, – on Instagram, I saw a meme for I can't I can't uh, remember the guy's name, but um, it was it was a good depiction of what it really seemed like. Duke down by four with like a minute to go. All of a sudden, they just make play. They just made a weird like video game type play. But Jerry, anyway, what do you think about that matchup, and 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 what do you think about Duke going forward? I I think exactly what I thought beforehand. First off, if it comes down to Duke needing a call, and this determining whether they're going to win or lose. How often is Duke going to get that call? That's that's how often. How often, uh, Marcus Houston? Look. Hey, you showing your age right now, bro. I know. I know. I, I thought <laughs> about really, the song. You really showing your age. Yes. That's how immature often. Circa, that's immature circa probably 94. This 95? is 94. 94? From, from the Playtime is Over Playtime's album. Over, man. Uh, you know? So uh, going back to, to, wow. uh, okay. to, to songs I used to sing at Robert E. Small's elementary school. Anyway, so – this shows if it comes down to it, Duke's gonna get the benefit of the doubt because I don't think you could deny a couple things. One, Duke was extremely lucky. They got outplayed. They should have lost the game. Two, Duke did not get outplayed. They led for they like got, thirty-five minutes out, to the forty. No, they did. No, they <laughs> they did. got outplayed. They got outplayed. They deserve to lose that game. <laughs> Zion no, definitely no, charged on, on, the, on the last They were up the whole play. second half. I didn't see the first half. The whole no, 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 no. Duke half, was, they were, they were, they they, were they was, Central Florida took their first lead with like five minutes to go in the game. Well, the first lead since like tuned in, and I, I saw them stretch it to like nine points. Y'all were thoroughly getting outplayed. Yeah, they were getting outplayed. The most they got up by the whole game was six points. Jeremy, Jeremy, let's let's go back to this. UCF got up on Duke. Taco got into foul trouble in the first half. You guys went on a run when Taco went out. Taco was, I think, plus 16 or plus 18 in the game. When he went out, you guys went on a run, went up eight to start the second half at, at halftime. They came out immediately at, at halftime, made it a one-point game with a 7-0 run. Then you guys went on a 7-0 run. Then they went on an 8-0 run. And then it became a ball game. And here's the thing. I think that they blew – I knew – when when Aubrey Dawkins had a wide open alley oop and missed it, I was like, 
they're going to lose this game. And I literally, it reminded me of when the Patriots, when Justin Houston was lined up off sides and I was like, yeah, you're not winning this game. Like that, that play in and of itself is basic fundamental basketball. You catch the ball first. You can lay it in. You can dunk it, whatever you want to do. You got to catch the ball first. And he took his eye off the ball. He dropped it. All of a sudden, Duke comes back down, hits a three-pointer. It's a one-point game. Um, I clearly thought it was a, I thought it was a charge on Zion. It clearly was a push in the back by R.J. Barrett. Literally, the guy who had him boxed out, he pushed him to, to the other side of the basket, got a rebound, and put it back in. Um, it was uh, a blatant missed call. But look, did, man. Did he, did he really push him to the other side of the basket, or did he try to exaggerate? Like, you got you to understand, in the heat of battle, you can't play – Soft where you go, oh, I'm a flop and hope for official gives me a call. You're not getting those calls. It's not Jeremy, coming. Jeremy, RJ Barrett extended his arms at the guy's back. That's the foul. Like it, it was clearly a push in the back. And, and, and at the end of the day. He pushed him, but he didn't extend his arms. It wasn't enough for him to go across, across the floor. He's trying to look, sell it. At the end of the day, Duke got some calls. But I got to give Duke credit. UCF got, more, UCF got more calls than Duke did. No, they didn't. And again. Zion should have been out five minutes into the game with his no. second foul. Zion clearly no. – he had a first foul three minutes in, and two mm-hmm. minutes later he got a, a foul that clearly should have been called that even the, the official said that very easily could have been called a foul on Zion, and Zion stayed in the game. If Zion goes out yeah. with, that, with his second foul there, and Zion ended with four, which means he would have fouled out if that continued. I, I Like I said, yeah. I'm not, I'm yeah. not Taco, telling you – when before he went out the first time, they, he should have gotten his third foul in the first half. He got a foul, and they gave it to somebody else who was not even close to the play. And then when he had four fouls, they gave a, they said he got a clean block on Zion. When it was, when the refs go back or when they went back and showed him the commentators goes, that's a clear foul. I see why Coach K is so upset. So right. he, I, I he, he really had six fouls. But at, at the end of the day. You can look at it and say, I, I, I think Zion had a couple that could have gone against him. I, it wasn't like the, the game was officiated so one-sided. But I think at the end of the game, you throw in that, the the last – Yeah, the, but the last 20 seconds of the game, Zion has a charge that probably should have been called. It was. It was. R.J. Barrett then pushes guy in the back and grabs the rebound puts it back in. Like, at the end of the day, though, Duke got to win, but yeah. – yeah, do got the win. They, you know, they deserve the win. Uh, you can you can make the same point for UCF. They pay they played well enough to win, but I feel like the better team at the end of the day. They got I think the better down. team overall so. won. I think I don't think the better team on that day won, but I think this. I think if you're Aubrey Dawkins, you can't miss an alley oop and you can't miss a wide open layup to win the game. Like that. Yeah, that's basically that's, as great as he was. The bridge, but it's, it's just as, you as, know, like as great as he was, like you just you just can't. And they couldn't be in that, in that situation. At, but at, at the <clears throat> At the end of the day, what you had was you had players from Duke who haven't made up in their mind that they're not going to lose this year. And regardless of what happens, they're not going to allow it to happen. Zion is not going to be denied. Cam Reddish came up clutch. RJ came up clutch. And you just have this feeling that regardless of what happens, Duke's going to find a way they to win. Never, and that is they, a scary – body language, they never, they never seem that, like that's they a sc- That's a scary thought for everybody well, else in college first, basketball. Anyway, first of all, it's not scary to me at all because I, I thought they were extremely vulnerable. I thought it was the best game Duke could have played, and they still barely won. If you look at it, Zion Jared, goes. Jared, they they got it done. We, we're talking in circles now, guys. But yeah, no, no, real quick. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. So Zion goes three for seven threes. They shot forty percent threes for the team, even including Trey Jones going one for eight. They're the worst three point shooting team in the tournament statistically, and they hit forty percent of the threes. And it still came down to a couple missed layups from UCF. I think personally, Damon better be lucky because he almost owed me fifty dollars already. And he's gonna owe me fifty dollars again because before the season he bet me fifty dollars at Duke versus the field, and I told him that was a laughable argument. So, just be prepared, fellas. Who do we have on upset alert second weekend? <laughs> let's start with you, Jeremy. Uh, let's, let's let Jerry catch his breath. What? Huh? What? <laughs> the team I have on upset alert for this weekend is actually gonna be UNC. Um, they struggled a little bit in the first half of the first week. I think it was kind of crazy that all the ACC teams seemed to play pretty terrible in the first half of the first game, and then they kind of got it going. Um, but 
the big reason for me is I watched the Auburn game against Kansas, and they looked really good. And they beat Kansas by 25 points. And I think they're going to be a tough out. I, I'm still going to pick North Carolina and get through it, and I don't think it's going to be very many other upsets. That's why I say that's when I would watch. Overall, though, I think it's going to be a lot of chalk. Um, um, I like the way Texas Tech looks. I think they've been the most impressive team so far in the tournament. Um, obviously, Duke struggled some. I actually think that's a good thing for them because I think, um, you know, they can kind of play loose because they probably feel like they could have lost and should have lost. So um, upset alert, Florida State over Gonzaga. I could definitely see that happening because Florida State definitely is playing really, 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 really well. Um, I don't think Tennessee is going to lose to Purdue. Um, I have them in my other Final Four. Uh, Texas Tech is going to beat Michigan. Um, I think Duke is going to win pretty convincingly this week. Um, and I think uh, that's pretty much it. I think uh, Virginia Tech is going to get blown out and Kentucky is going to beat Houston. Jeremy, what you think about these uh, these picks going into the Sweet 16, Elite Eight? So I'm not changing any of my opinions from what I had beforehand because I've been right all year. So uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm going to go with what I said. I think UNC should be on upset alert. I don't think they're going to lose. But as I said before, uh, I made the picks and I, on last week's podcast, I said I had Auburn going to the Sweet 16, and I thought they were going to give UNC the closest game they'd have in the tournament um, because they can hit a lot of threes, and I think they, they – um, will give them the closest game you're going to see. Um, other games that I had, and from my, my actual bracket that I picked, I got Houston being Kentucky. Houston's played well all season. Uh, Ralph Sampson, not Ralph Sampson, um, uh, Kelvin Sampson, uh, who was former coach of Indiana, former coach of Oklahoma, got a little bit of NCAA infractions before, went to the NBA, while his show cause went away from the NCAA. Uh, you guys don't know show cause. Basically, any team that hired him had to show – had to do like a uh, forfeit bowl games or, or not for a forfeit NCAA postseason. So nobody wanted to hire him until that five year period was up. So he coached as an assistant in the NBA. Now he's back at Houston and Houston's balling. Um, I got Houston. I, I, you watch that team. They're extremely talented, extremely long and athletic. Uh, Twiz, I think they're going to, um, they're going to uh, beat Kentucky. Other upsets that I will look at, um, I think Duke's going to beat. Uh, Virginia Tech, but that game is going to be closer than, than people think. I mean, Virginia Tech beat Duke without Zion, um, and everybody says, oh, well, Zion came back, but people forget is their, their best Tech player also. Money. Yeah, and people forget Virginia Tech's best player missed that game. Um, so Duke's best player missed the game, but Virginia Tech's best player missed the game, who's also a 20 point scorer. Player is better than Virginia, uh, Duke's best player is better than the three best players on Virginia Tech by itself. Uh, here's the thing. Virginia um, Tech's best player is a, is a first-round pick in the NBA draft, and they beat Duke without it. So I'm, I'm not Trey Jones you is a first-round pick in the NBA draft right now, but he's not a job. Trey, Trey, Trey Jones is a first-round pick <laughs> based on Trey Jones is a first-round pick based on potential. Uh, Virginia Tech's best player at point guard is a, is a third-year junior who's all ACC player. So, like I said, I, I don't think Duke's going to lose. I think um, I think they're going to give them a game though. Um, I got UVA being Oregon, but I think that game could get dicey. Um, other upsets I had in the bracket um, that I feel really good about. Um, I had Texas Tech beating Michigan in my bracket, which I think is going to happen. And I got LSU beating Michigan State. Um, LSU is is long, athletic, has nothing to lose. And they're playing with an assistant coach, which makes them dangerous in the sense that uh, a lot of times you, you're playing for a cause. You're like, oh, my, our coach isn't here. You guys are unjustly doing something to them. Uh, it can help a team to play better. And um, I think LSU is going to take out Michigan State. Michigan State didn't look great versus Bradley. Um, I, I, I think everybody made a big deal out of uh, out of uh, Coach Izzo yelling at one of the players. I thought it was nonsense because, I mean, nowadays nobody can get yelled at or, or you guys want to give them a lollipop and, uh, you know, whatever. But um, I think they're going out in the Sweet I mean, 16. You could, you could yell at a player without having to be restrained. Um, I think that's – to, to go without well, saying, I, you I don't, that without being restrained. But at the end of the day, like everybody's been yelled at like a like that by a coach. And I, what we're doing as a, as a society is getting soft in the sense of, oh, you can't do that, you can't do that, you yell at a player. But at the end, yeah, of the we're day, gonna say you can't do that, can't do that until one of the players knocks out the coach. You go, oh my god, what happened? So, but Jeremy, here's the thing: Is all <laughs> put his hands on the coach? No. So yes, at, yes. At, no, he didn't. Um, he did when he came off the court. Jeremy, what did he do? He hit him in his chest. <laughs> Jeremy, putting his hands on him. 
he didn't hit him in the chest. At, at the end of the day, would be cool if him hit, him hit your son like that, Matt. Yes, I would be okay with that because I, I, here's the thing we're getting to as a society. First off, look at every coach. Every coach that wins in college sports has had one of these scenarios. Dowell had one of those two years ago when the field goal kicker went for a fake field or, or punter went for a fake punt when it was, wasn't a play call. And everybody's like, oh, how's that what y'all have? Saban has them all the time. Freaking Belichick has them all the time. Any, all, every, Popovich has them all the time. Everybody has these. And, and I'm not condoning it and saying, okay, well, like, this is this is the only way you can do it. But what I am saying is we're getting soft as a society, and we're trying to make it like, oh, yeah, we just, you know, we just need to protect everybody from lollipops. And uh, at the end of the day, dude made a mistake. And he said, he, and as Izzo said afterwards, and I agree, he said, you made that mistake in the regular season, I'm not going to get that animated. But you make those mistakes here, and everything that you and your teammates have worked for for an entire year goes down the drain. And so you can't make those mistakes here. So I, I had no problem with it. So did Izzo make any mistakes in the game? I'm sure he did. Okay. So everybody makes mistakes. So, I mean, I don't, I, I, like that. But anyway, his, his let's, mistake uh, may have been leaving the guy in the game. Yeah, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk about some uh, NFL. Uh, interesting uh, uh, news came down from the front office today uh, that all offensive, defensive, and defensive pass interference call pass interference calls can now be challenged, as well as non calls can be challenged. All offensive and defensive pass interference calls. Uh, can be challenged. Uh, obviously, this is coming down after the huge, uh, blown pass interference call with the New Orleans Saints. But let, let's start with Jeremy, man. What do you What do you feel about this? I, I feel like they're opening up uh, Pandora's box with this, and I I feel like it's gonna get out of hand. I feel like they should do more training with umpires. Uh, I'm sorry, referees, rather than doing this. But Jeremy, what do you what do you what do you feel about this uh, decision coming down for the front office? I am a hundred percent with you that they should do more training for the refs. I think that they should have full-time refs. The NFL is trying to avoid paying an extra probably $10 million a year for a company that makes billions and billions of dollars every year um, to improve their product. I think it's you know, essentially trying to save pennies and costing yourself millions um, in PR that you have to do to come back and combat these things. So overall, I would agree with that point. But it is about time. People say, oh, you know, it's human element. They're human officials. The human element is supposed to be the players. The human element should never be the officials. Nobody goes to a game and goes, you know what? I wonder if any officials are going to make any bad calls tonight. It's going to cost the team a Super Bowl appearance. And you know what? All of you people have said, I ain't say fans keep whining. Leave it alone. The game is over. It's not going to change anything. You know what? You are wrong. It got changed today. If we weren't so persistent, if we didn't turn off the Super Bowl, if we didn't do the things that we did, this would never have happened. So I'm very happy to see that. And it's not just for that one play because most people are going, oh, it's just that one play. And that's, you know, that never hardly happens. You've never seen anything that blatant. No, I've never seen anything that blatant. But I have seen a lot of missed calls. I saw in the very first play of the fourth quarter of that exact same game, the Saints were up three points, third and seven, on the 43-yard line of the Rams. And Ted Ginn Jr. was passing the fear by the exact same guy. Uh, Nicole Roby Coleman, and that was not called. If that was challenged, the Saints get the ball first and 10 on the Rams' 33-yard line, driving up three points. So things like that happen in a consistent game. It's not just offensive. I'm glad they made it that clear because, you know, just so you know I'm not a Saints homer completely, the game against the Steelers, it was fourth down. Drew Brees threw a jump ball up in the end zone. Um, what's the guy's name from the – I can't even think of his name. Uh, Joe Hayden. Had his hands on Alvin Kamara's back, and they called pass interference. It wasn't pass interference. The Saints got the ball on one yard line and ran it in for a touchdown. That's a touchdown that would have given the Steelers the ball back on the 50. So overall, it's always best to get the the calls right. We're not adding any extra challenges, so the game should not be any longer. And in any sport that you can use technology to improve your services, you should do it. To me, I have no clue why we still have an umpire behind uh, the plate in baseball. Like. If we've got technology that can call the, the strike zone, why am I going to leave it up to somebody to interpret their own strike zone? It doesn't make sense. Everybody goes, oh, man, it's, you know, it's always been done that way. That doesn't mean it's smart to continue doing it that way. And this is the best thing for the NFL. I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I can't wait. Until Jeremy, 
Why would you want technology to ruin a great game that's been played for the last hundred years? Why, like, why would you? What, not, would, it, what would it ruin? Can you imagine having so a machine what, what, what back there? So what happens if there's there's no umpire there and the machine glitches? What happens when what happens when the um, when when that when that play at the plate been thrown from left field comes in and you got a machine that's gonna call it? Like that's what happens that's, when Russia hacks it. That's terrible. Anyway, <laughs> uh, no, let, let me get into this. Yeah, this Jared, is please. This is so this is so stupid. Right, first off, if you're gonna you're gonna change this, and I agree with you, Damon, it's opening Pandora's box. Why not challenge everything? Because Jeremy's gonna c- complain about, oh, look at that missed call. But you know what happened if they changed this rule? They would get that call right, but they still would have missed the blown face mask that was obvious on the on one of the previous drives with Jared Goff, and that's not gonna be able to be challenged. So but Jerry, if they challenged, nobody would have challenged that anyway. That would have been a that would have been a two yard game. Jeremy, it, it would have been a first down as opposed to a third down. So at the end of the day, there there would have been challenged. So I I think if you're gonna if you're gonna say that, you should be able to challenge anything because this is stupid. First off, pass interference is a subjective call. It's not like you can look at it and say, oh, that was obviously pass interference or not. And, and it's very rare that you're gonna have a call like the Saints call. So when you start making rules based on the exception, you're going to get yourself into trouble. And then you know what's going to happen? It's it's like this. I give, I give people the same scenario. When everybody in college football is like, you know what? They need to go from four teams and make it an eight-team playoff. You know what I always tell everybody? No, they don't. You know why? Because if you make it an eight-team playoff, as opposed to two teams feeling like, like they got cheated. and So this year it was Georgia and Ohio State both felt like they should have been in. Those are the only really two teams that were like, yeah, we felt like we should have been in the playoff. But you know what's going to happen? If you let eight teams in, it's going to be 16 teams that think they should be in the playoff because it's going to be UCF talking about how they should have been in because they went undefeated. It's going to be freaking LSU talking about how they beat uh, Georgia and they should have been in it. You're just going to open it up to more people to complain because more there's more opportunities to complain. And the same thing is going to happen here because you're going to be able to challenge a pass interference, but you're not going to be able to challenge a hold. You're not going to be able to challenge a, a face mask. You're not going to be able to challenge all these other things. And they're changing it just because the Saints fans whined. Guys, deal with it. Get over it. This isn't going to bring you back a Super Bowl, and I guarantee you this isn't winning you a Super Bowl. There's never going to be another time where Drew Brees is sitting there, and they're like, oh, man, he was going to lose another Super Bowl or lose another opportunity to the Super Bowl, but they got this right from an offensive pass interference standpoint. You know what's going to end up happening? It's going to overturn it. And I'm going to tell you what's going to be the downfall of this rule because it's pissing me off. It's going to be a big play. And it's gonna be a 70-yard touchdown in a big game, and they're gonna throw a flag and say, "Look, he nudged him." And then watch what's gonna happen is yep. they're gonna call it back, and yep. it's gonna be okay, first and twenty, and you're gonna take away the the the, the element of the game. I don't think everything sure. should be. I, if if, if, I, if this is blatant enough for where it can be challenged, if it's blatant enough where it can be challenged and overturned, then it should be overturned. Jim, you know what? You know what though? How about this? When you go to a bar, do you want a computer making your drink? It can pour you the exact shot you want. It can right. pour you the exact amount. No, that? I I'm want not... a bartender there to pour my drink. His may be heavy. The other, the other bartender, hers might be a light. She don't put enough, enough jack in the, in the glass. But you know what? I want the human element. It might not be right all the time, but it's good enough for me. Maybe just me. Like I don't even like self-checkout. Like I want somebody like to back my shit for me. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to back my own stuff. I, I don't want to have to figure out where to put the card. I want to. I, I, I want you to I, greet me and say, I "Hey, how's Walmart your day?" Da- I, you know, Damon. I, like, Damon. I don't, what's I mean, wrong with people? Question. What's wrong? I with ask you a question, dude. When you when you went to when you you were filing your taxes this year, did you get a, like a, a W two for Walmart for bagging your own groceries? Um. No, but I felt like if no, I no, did no, that, no, I probably no. deserve So here's one. the thing: if if why am I gonna bag my own groceries when I'm paying y'all to do that? Like at the end of the day, the only time I go through sub checkout, you're paying for the groceries, long. huh? I go through sub checkout every time. I'm not waiting on on the cashier when I can go through sub checkout. I get done. I have Jeremy, no issue putting myself in the back. What, what if both are open? What both are open? What are you gonna do? I go to the person. No, you're not. No, you're this not. This is this is the this is the guy who doesn't do. even like to shop in stores. This dude literally said, "I don't. I owe I owe Jeremy money from buying me something, and I try to give him cash. 
and he was like, can you please Venmo me? I, I don't like cash. Like, this is why you want technology. It's ruining your life. This man it's ruining technology. your technology. life. He said he don't want Te- technology. That is blasphemy. No, no, I don't. I don't. I don't. I want some umpires. I don't want umpire calling strikes and the strike zone. The strike zone is made to be. Is it's not a subjective number. Hey, this is what the strike zone is. This is what the count should be. That could never be. Possible. Let's go with I it. Understand? Like they would have to have cameras above the plate. Beside they already the do. Plate to try to figure out where that break breaking balls. Where did where did it actually break at? Did it break Jer- after Jeremy it went over the plate? Jeremy, Jeremy like, wants to put no RFID chips in the footballs. Jeremy wants to put RFID chips in the footballs and lasers on the field, so you don't need chains. You can just lay like the computer can tell you you you're a point two inches from a first down. Like some of this, like it's, not, it's nothing wrong only, with that. Jer- Let me, Jer- it's nothing wrong Jer- with that. Jeremy Jeremy's a he's a tech guy. Jeremy's a tech guy, but like for me, like I I, I don't I, that's not my thing. But. Jer- Jer- let me ask you a question. How long did you whine about, oh, game one, they were cheating LeBron, and there were some black calls missed, and blah, 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 blah. You were complaining about all this. If the, Jimmy, if, why, if there no, was why was, a I, why was I mad with it? Why was I mad with it? Because they because used you wanted instant LeBron replay. No, because they used instant replay and came back and changed the call that was subjective. I said, if they initially called a charge on Kevin Durant, or on, on LeBron, I would have been fine with it. But you can't call a block. Go back to an instant replay on something that was subjective, then overturn it and give the ball to the Warriors because that changes the outcome of the game. Nobody would, if they called a charge, nobody would have argued it. But if you call it one way, if it's not blatant, you can't go back and change it. Instant replay ruined that finals. That's a great example. I appreciate you bringing it up. Jared, Jared, no, it's a replay. You know, you you called out a whole bunch of stuff. You brought up like seven plays. That was one of many that you brought up. And overall, you say, oh, man, I'm so mad. If Saints fans won. If this happened to Clemson, and Clemson lost the national championship off oh, of this, be, uh... you literally would not stop talking about it until maybe 2087. No, I would have been pissed. But here's the deal. You remember when Clemson, Clemson won the national title the first time two uh, three years ago? We lost to Pitt. There was two blatant calls just as bad as this that got overturned and went Pitt's way. No, 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 no. And we Jer- lost there's, that game. There's, there's never been a call this bad. There, that's, there that's, not, that's not making it clear. Jeremy, literally, they caught it. They caught a pass interference on a play where literally the guy didn't actually put it, actually touch the guy at all. And then they called a, a roughing the passer play on a play where literally it was four people. It was a pile of people around the quarterback. And the entire pile fell, and they called a roughing the passer and gave them a first down and goal where it would have been a fourth down. It was literally all these plays that happened. But you know what? I said, we got cheated, but we should have made the game that close. And you know what, Saints fans? You got the ball in overtime. You should have closed it out. But you know what happened? I I, I hate that argument. That's the dumbest argument. Last point, fellas. We're going back and forth about the Saints call. You got the the ball first in overtime. That's like saying, hey – I know you UFC fighter, you knocked the guy out and he was unconscious, but the ref gave him two two minutes to get back on his feet and you had another opportunity to knock him out again. No, the game should have been over. They should have needed to do that again. I'm not I, I honestly thought, watched that Saints game and thought, we got all played by the Rams. But you know what? With the way that the Rams played and not taking advantage of opportunities, we had done enough to win the game because they didn't take advantage of the opportunities. And the referees and the officials gave them extra opportunities to take advantage of that they did not deserve. My, that's my, the reason they won again. My last point is this. Imagine an NCAA tournament game that we just had UCF versus Duke if they put an instant replay to challenge whether it should have been a charge call versus Zion, and they overturned it, and Duke lost off of it. If they overturned well, Duke that, would already been up by six, so they would have Well, fellas, fellas obviously, the, obviously the, the, we have uh, – you guys have some different opinions on, on the instant replay. But uh, we'll obviously see. The NFL is right around the corner. Hopefully uh, this baseball season won't won't take too long and, uh, and, and football will be upon us again. But uh, let's move on to some NBA, guys. Uh, playoffs are coming soon. The Celtics have lost a few straight. Uh, they're saying they're confident about the playoffs, but it doesn't look it. Uh, let's let's talk about who who do you guys feel like uh, is looking good going into this final stretch of the of, of the regular season, and who who do you feel like is struggling and uh, and won't do what we predicted them to do at the, at the beginning of the season? Let's start with uh, start with eighty five. So, a uh, couple things. Celtics, you are not LeBron 
in the East. You haven't won the East since 2010? Stop acting like, oh, we got this under control. We're going to get to the playoffs, and it's the playoffs. That's what we play for. Y'all are Golden State. Y'all haven't won anything. I know last year y'all made the Eastern Conference Finals and were a game away from going to the NBA Finals, but you haven't won anything. Like at the, the last ten, you, you realize the last time the Celtics won a title, only one player on that team is still in. It was in the NBA when that happened. It was Al Horford. None of the rest of them were even in the league the last time Celtics won a title. But all I hear is, "Oh, we're just waiting for the playoffs." Like y'all got it like that. Like, okay, y'all gonna play the Raptors and just run them out the building. Oh, y'all gonna play the Bucks and just run them out of the building. Oh, first round, y'all gonna play the Pacers, run them out the building. Y'all gonna play the Sixers and run them out the building. Like, at the end of the day, they're in trouble, yo. They're in trouble. They're two games behind Indiana now for the, for the force, for home court advantage in the first round. I think they're gonna beat Indiana. After that, you're not beating the Bucks on the road, or you're not beating whoever it is you guys catch. I'm sorry. Like, I'm at the point now, Jeremy's going to bet me 50 bucks. Uh, I'm giving him plus 250 odds that he thinks the Heat or the Nets will beat the Bucks. The Bucks just ran the Rockets out of the building tonight. Um, I'm going to take that bet gladly. But with that being said, Celtics are in trouble. And as much as Kyrie gets a lot of the blame, I don't think it's Kyrie's fault. You know what fault I think it is? I think it's... Danny Ainge's fault for not trading Kyrie. I don't think Kyrie's played poorly, but Kyrie clearly is going to leave at the end of the season. And a lot of those players on that team think they're stars because they were stars last year when, when Kyrie was out. And They really weren't I stars, though. They were. Jalen Brown was averaging 20 points a game. Uh, so he was, Taylor he was, was averaging 24. Like, Kuzma. And, and, they were Kuzma and Ingram. They were not Kuzma Ingram because they were putting up those stats on a winning team. I think when you look at that team the and the way they played – Jeremy, they were winning team. They were they they were beating teams in the West without Kyrie last year. So what I'm telling you they is, were. Boston, Jeremy, you keep cutting me off, but they beat Golden State without Kyrie last year. They beat the Raptors without Did Kyrie, Kyrie last play that game. No, Kyrie game both beat. games. No, they beat the they beat the Warriors last year. They beat the Raptors without him. They beat the Bucks without him. They beat they beat plenty of teams without Kyrie last year. So if we're gonna look at it from a realistic standpoint. Jason Tatum looked like a better looks like a better player when Kyrie's not playing. Jalen Brown looks like a better player when Kyrie's not playing. Terry Rozier looks like a better player when Kyrie is not playing. And I don't blame that on Kyrie. I think that team's not put together well for Kyrie. He's going to leave at the end of the season. They should have traded him in the all uh, during during the uh, All Star break to be able to get some some assets for him. Lastly, we're looking at who's who's the beat. Warriors are going to win the title again. We know that. Uh, they're unfairly stacked, and and until next year when they when KD leaves, that they're gonna win until KD leaves. Um, with that being said, I think the Bucks will win the East. Um, I I think they're gonna give Golden State as much problems they could, and they could beat Golden State because one thing that people forget about Giannis gives KD problems every time they play. I mean, for years, not like just this year, last three or four years. Every time Giannis plays KD, he's the only guy that's tall enough and athletic enough to where he can actually block KD's shots and get give him trouble on the defensive end. Um, so I think the Bucks Golden State will be the finals. Uh, I got Golden State winning in seven, um, but I think the Celtics are going to lose first or second round. Um, they they don't have a, a flip a switch to flip. I, I don't see it. All right, JDZ, what you got, man? Yeah, um, Jared, just for your record, um, for your they record, did not yeah. beat a single team outside of Minnesota in the West without Kyrie. That was the only team to win the record that they beat in the West. I mean, they made the playoffs in the West last season. Um, so, uh, overall, what you saw last year from them was exactly what I expect from that team. A, t- a team that with Kyrie, had the best road record in basketball last year. And without Kyrie last year, they couldn't win a road game. They played very well at home. There's this thought process of, oh, well, when Kyrie gets in the game, the ball moves less. But unfortunately, there's actually stats to back it up that says that's not, tr- that's not true. They're averaging 280 passes per game in games that Kyrie doesn't play. They're averaging 320 passes in games that Kyrie plays. So overall, what you're seeing is when Kyrie's not there, 
you're seeing a lot more ball hogging. So overall, what I'm seeing from this team is is that for some reason, the Celtics like to sit Kyrie in games when they play against terrible teams. He set twice against Cleveland. He's they played 13 games without Kyrie this year. Ten of them were against teams with a losing record, and nine of those games were at home. So overall, the Celtics are going to be fine. Their biggest issue right now is Jason Tatum does not look like the same guy. Jalen Brown is very, very streaky. Gordon Hayward is not a real guy anymore. He'll be he'll be back to one next year, but right now he's not. And for some reason, there's guys like Terry Rozier who really think they're good. Terry Rozier. Rozier's that guy, man. In his career. Relax. Ro- Ro- Rozier has, has never. He's never shot 40% from the field in his entire career. Never shot 40% from the field. He's essentially Lonzo Ball in the scores mentality. That's what he is. He's Lonzo without the passing ability. And we've elevated him to this level to think, oh, man, he's a starting point guard. What team, if he was a starting point guard on the Lakers right now, you would have people like, you think, do you think LeBron fans get on the Lakers right now? If he was on that team, That'd be oh, nasty. God. If you, can you imagine terrible. LeBron, Le, LeBron with Terry Rosie, <laughs> Rosier? Like, you kidding me? You're tripping. What do you mean? Yeah. You think it'd be good? Yeah. What player has LeBron, like what? What player has LeBron made better? Like he make? Is I'm not tripping. Is LeBron tripping. made anybody better? No, name, name uh, me the not, guy, LeBron. You like? We're not gonna guy. get into that conversation, guys. He's trying yeah, to bait you yeah. here. Oh, yeah. I, I just yeah. Yeah. He's trying to bait. He's trying to bait. We're talking about playoff contenders, and the Lakers were eliminated from the playoffs. So let's just keep eliminated completely from this conversation. Um, overall, I think the Celtics are still gonna win the East. I do not think there's any chance of them getting to the playoffs, not being able to do it, because you know what? And you get to the playoffs, you can actually strategize for teams. You have Kyrie Irving, who is the best closer in basketball, and they already own Philly. I don't believe in the Bucks. I I think the Raptors are really the only team that can beat them, possibly. I don't think anybody else has even a chance. So uh, I'm going to pick the Celtics versus Golden State. At the end of the day, every year, it comes back to what you thought. Oh. I thought those were going to be the two teams standing in the year, and wow, they ended up being two teams standing at the end of the year, and that's what's going to happen. Celtics won't make it past the second. <laughs> All righty, boys. Uh, that was the- <laughs> Jerry, he was trying to bait you into that LeBron can't bait anybody. I, I swear, all the listeners out there, man, these these two dudes, man, they had that argument at least three times a week. I kid you not, at least three times a week. Uh, but maybe when he's always, healthy, not when his uh, <laughs> growing needed six months, maybe he can't do it. But any any last thoughts, man? What y'all, what y'all got planned for the weekend? So uh, my thoughts: uh, one. Uh, get well soon. Amari Rogers, wide receiver from Clemson, tore his ACL yesterday at practice, uh, getting surgery soon. Um, son of former Tennessee Vols national championship quarterback T. Martin. Uh, but he's uh, he is uh, getting surgery. But the thing is, um, we got two other five stars that came in this year that Dabble said are as good and as ready to play as any receivers he's ever had come on campus. So um, that's saying a lot. Um, so – uh, that that won't affect us a ton. Things that I will I will do want to throw out there uh, before we get done. Uh, Lakers are coming back strong. Uh, be prepared. Uh, all y'all keep this energy. I, I got my my Facebook blog ready for y'all. Uh, with everybody who doesn't think the Lakers are gonna win a title with LeBron. Lastly, last thing I w- I do want to throw out McDonald's All American game tomorrow in Atlanta. I, I'm debat- debating going out to it or not. I might just watch it on TV just because I'm lazy. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I might actually go to the game and uh, and, and check out all the uh, the great players who will eventually either play for UNC or lose to UNC next year. Let's go, Jimmy. What you got going on, man? Well, Jared, I appreciate your soliloquy as a true Lakers fan. Hopefully, they are able to turn around and get well soon. I want to give a get well soon to LeBron as well because obviously LeBron needs another six to eight months. Apparently, he was growing according to his physical therapist, and he was just suffering <laughs> through the pain. So, get well soon, LeBron. Go sit in the ice bath or whatever you got to do. Get yourself ready. Uh, and make sure you're ready to play some basketball next year. Um, and uh, leave the attitude at the door. Let's go, Lakers, man. Come on. On that note. Uh... Uh, real, real quick before you end it. I, uh, I knew it. It has nothing to do with that. I was going to say, um, shout out to North Carolina A&T baseball team for beating South Carolina today and shutting them out. 
Oh, what? shit. Joe. I, I, out, I, I'm man. just trying to tell y'all, you know, how, how Aggie Pride. First of all, I, I didn't even say this. So, A&T wins the HBCU National Championship. Yep. Check. We were a two seed in, in the MEAD tournament. We should have beaten Central. We beat them twice, and then we lost them by two points so, to, to make the NCAA tournament. Our baseball team is out here. I mean, just beating up on uh, on South Carolina. Beat them 2-0. Uh, yep. And we got the number one track athlete in women's indoor track in the United States. I mean, I, I just things are things are looking up for A and T um, guys. When I went there, the academics weren't as strong as they are now. Uh, I think now the average GPA of incoming freshmen is three point six. I'm glad it went up because it makes me feel better. It makes my degree look a lot better uh, than it did when it came out. So anyway, wait, 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 wait. this was a quick soliloquy, like <laughs> Aggie Pry. So uh, Aggie Pry, I, I had man. to go out there. Shout out. Shout out. We, we, we we we're proving all all A and T soliloquies for sure, for sure. But uh, as always, we appreciate our listeners for tuning in to us for another week. We appreciate y'all. Um, <clears throat> we we we're still working on some of that uh some of that merch, but we're gonna get it out to you guys. Um, and we will uh, see you mother next week we out peace